I'm Alan, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm Kaylee, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Danielle. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast from Broad Digital Consulting. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of Target Snarket, a weekly podcast by Broad Digital Consulting. I am Danielle, the Chief Broad in Residence. And I am Alan, Broad's Cornerstone Offering, coming to you from 9 a.m. Pacific time, which is early, in case you were wondering. (laughs) If this is your first time listening in, thank you for joining us. And please make sure to describe where... Describe please make sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to or watching from today. And if you're joining us again, welcome back. And thank you for being so obsessed with me. We love you. (laughs) Describe, please describe wherever you are listening to us from today. Describe it in the comments. (laughs) New trend. It is already like, yes, it's 9am for you, but also like we're already it's it's almost the weekend. Yeah, let's just say let's that. Just say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, Kaylee is unable to join us today. Uh, she was last seen hanging out with women disrespectfully in unstable places from her recent mild <laughs> past. So, if you don't understand the reference, then I can't help you, and you should be more online. That's it. That's all. That's all <laughs> we can say about that. Um, I don't want to hear about it about Kaylee's escapades that's that's my boundary yes yes she's also not allowed to surf with men (laughs) yeah so we don't often talk about what's going on inside of broad digital because we don't really look Mm. at this podcast as a way to specifically advertise for us of course if if you all haven't figured that part (laughs) right (laughs) right since we've alienated 30% 30% of the corporations worldwide. So totally. <laughs> totally. But I mean, like, of course, if, if enough people liked us and saw us and thought, thought we were like wonderfully intelligent and uh, wanted to hire us because of this podcast, we wouldn't say no. <laughs> um, no. Or if we got ultra famous and made tons of money um, because Danielle and I really want to sell umbrellas on the beach. We want to like retire early and sell umbrellas on the beach like that's the business plan for broad (laughs) i really like how your retirement plan for us is work (laughs) (laughs) like i literally i you know what's you know what's terrible about that is that i just saw was it in fortune it was in one of those like big business uh publications that i subscribe to too many of And one of them said like something about like the best thing that you could do to maintain your health and retirement is work. And I was like, did a job write this? Did capitalism write this? And like, like what I, cause I was like, there's no way that this is the take. There's no way. Like we've reached like, like peak, like irony at this point. And then I was reading and they were like, no, not necessarily a nine to five job, but like, you should find ways to like volunteer, blah, 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 do things part time. And I'm like, why doesn't anybody mention gardening? I was like, <laughs> I literally thought gardening first. Like, I was like, maybe right. you get a job at a garden center. Like, what? right. Like just, or just grow a fucking garden. Like, you know, I mean, 
like learn a new skill, take a fucking like, I don't know, sewing or pickleball or something. There are other ways right. to, to maintain your health in retirement that do not involve work. Another job. I mean, I feel like that is peak millennial, like honestly, or like, you know, someone who's lived in like poverty most of their lives it's like i can't imagine a retirement where i'm not working actually right like there's some element i mean there's so much in that (laughs) and not to mention the fact that like especially since you know social security will be completely run out by the time that we retire retire quote unquote i feel like retirement is just going to end up changing to be like working less right (laughs) working less or like you're old, so you're really tired, so you have to work less, and then somehow you find food. I don't know, you know, like honestly, like, like I know that this is in no way the topic for today. This is as as another aside. Uh, Alan and I almost had our own other podcast about like gay stuff a really long time ago. Well, I guess it wasn't that long; it was like two years ago. But like, this is essentially the just like rabbit hole piece. Like it's never about the topic, but you know, we have good conversations that play off of each other. Yeah. But like, it makes me think of the fact that like my grandma's husband, who I guess is my grandpa, but he's like (laughs) my step grandpa or something. I don't know. But anyhow, my grandma's husband is, is old. He's very old. And he like, he has to have, a paper route in order for them to pay their bills. Wild. And that is not an indictment on my grandma and step grandpa. This is an indictment on society when people who are in their 80s still need to work. He has to get up at three o'clock every morning because they live in a super small town in the Midwest. And he has to do this like tri-county fucking paper route. Yeah. My God. At 80 some odd, 80 some odd years old. Like Grandma's husband. This is like, that is, that's That's bullshit. Yeah. That's foul, dude. Like, so it's not even like (laughs) future dystopia that we get to live in as reality. It's like current fucking reality for old people. Mm -hmm. It's so sad. It's terrible. Like, ugh. yeah. So. So anyway, yeah, There's that. we're not trying to sell you us, but if you bought us, we wouldn't be mad, is what I'm saying. Um, but really, this is like a space for us to have real discussions about the current state of our industry and hopefully in the meantime, like maybe change it for the better. If we can mm-hmm. have that kind of impact, uh, that would be awesome. Um, I love rest- our arrogance and like thinking we can. <laughs> It's not, it's not arrogance. It's active hope, Danielle. How many times have I brought up that book by Joanna Macy when things look so bad? Like three times in our newsletter. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, no. I read the newsletter every week before it goes out. What is this book? Okay. So Joanna Macy wrote a book called Active Hope and it's actually about the climate emergency. Um, but really it's about like 
activism. Like, you know, if you really read into it, it's about activism and playing the long game and what to do when you start to feel hopeless and how that hopelessness is not serving anybody. And I I mean, it's a beautiful book and every time it's so easy to get super hopeless right now, obviously. And like every time I'm feeling this way, I'm like, I need to read that book again. Active hope is the cure. Um, but it's all packed away somewhere, but I highly recommend it. <laughs> I have to stay home. I need to read that book again, longer. but I won't. <laughs> but actually, this hate feels good. <laughs> like, do you just, do you just, because it's packed away, do you just have to remain hopeless until you get to Ireland then? Or like? <laughs> I mean, it's not coming to Ireland. So like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> this, this hopelessness is belonging, baby. Yeah, it's here to stay. Oh my God. Incredible. <sighs> Incredible that like, well, I could only fit so much in my bag and active hope just ah, didn't make the cut, you know? Like, hope is too heavy, man. Can't, uh, I can't my hopelessness is like filling up all the nooks and crannies already. <laughs> Sorry. So funny. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but recently Danielle was accepted into and has been attending the Goldman Sachs can Oh, this is a mouthful. We shouldn't have had me saying this. Attending <laughs> the Goldman Sachs 10K small business program, which was, by the way, very competitive, hard to get into. And Danielle busted her ass to get into it and has busted her ass to like complete the program really close to done. Um, and as part of that program, we were, and by we, I mean, Danielle was <laughs> really encouraged. <laughs> to sit with our goals and services and kind of create a business development plan that would like kick ass and take names and she's done it oh that's so nice yeah first we talked about active hope and yeah now we're talking about how great i am this is such a good episode already Uh, (laughs) yeah no the program has been has been really cool um goldman sachs Ten Thousand small businesses uh, we've included it in our newsletters a couple times now too. It, it was definitely a competitive program. I think that they said that they have something like 300 applications per cohort, three to 400. So I think that's somewhere between like 900 to 1200, uh, every year. And they only take like a certain amount. I think like the largest a cohort has been, has been like 35 people. Ours is 28. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all about like, we're all like different industries and it's about developing like a growth plan. And we meet uh, once a week in person for 10 hours a day, which like my ass is old and it has mm-hmm. been a fucking minute since I sat down in a in live classroom environment for, for 10 hours, a day, like straight, right? With like, like, I don't wake up at six. A lot of these people wake up at six because they are parents or early birds and or their business requires it. And like, man, not this bitch. So (laughs) like it has been uh, a struggle sometimes. Um, But yeah, I think um, one of the things and and we'll actually have in a few upcoming episodes, uh, some of our guests that we have scheduled are uh, people that I've met through the program as well. Um, But one of the things that uh, I know that we like to have, have reviewed 
in a lot of detail outside of like human resources and hiring and like how to manage better and also like building out this growth plan, right? Because that's the goal is that they, they have these small businesses, you get accepted and you figure out how to build a growth plan and you can't really grow. You can't plan your growth until you like have a come to Jesus with the current state of your business, right? Yeah. Which like, I know, like, you'll recall that week <laughs> one, we had oh. two classes in a row, two days in a row. And I, so it was like 6am wake ups, two days in a row, 10 hours each day. And like, I was not okay by like, like half two of day two. And I think that's when I decided in this like very fragile emotional state to ask you and Kaylee, like what you thought we could improve in our business and then proceeded to take everything personally. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, they hate me. I'm a terrible manager. Nobody wants to work for me. Even after I had just gotten done, like, telling this like sweet anecdote about my team and how like I didn't like I told the whole class like yeah earlier this year before we got accepted into the program I didn't think we were going to have a business by the end of the year my team was like we'd rather sink with this shit than go anywhere else and everybody was like oh my god and I was like I know we're amazing and then like like getting this feedback and like fucking breaking down and then remembering that maybe I needed a nap yeah, right. <laughs> like, 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 actually, Danielle, you don't need to just shutter your business because people think that there's improvement opportunities for you. <laughs> like, you can just take a nap and address it later. Well, it's like that. Did you see that meme I posted of the lamb and the coyote things like eating it? And it's like me when I asked, me when I received the constructive feedback I asked for. Right. Like, <laughs> Yes. Yes, that exactly. Like, like I literally asked. Nobody made me ask. Nobody in the program was like, everyone, get on your computers and email your team and ask them what well, you could be doing better. But I was like, I'm so progressive and like, I'm going to do this with my team. I don't know in my head I, I what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> If, like, maybe, like, you guys would be like, nothing needs improving. Like, no. You would have been like, you would have been like, fuck you guys. You know, you would have been like, right, right. You would have been mad. I would have demanded that you come up with something and then what? Get mad at you for it? You bitch. (laughs) No. No. I, I took a nap. Everything was better. And, like, legitimately like the things I think the other thing that I I had to take a step back and think about um that I think is also really important for small business owners in general like we've talked on this podcast we've talked in our newsletter we've talked a whole lot internally about the toxicity of small business owner culture right um and it's something a lot of people don't want to come to terms with about themselves yeah um that like, who was I talking to recently? I think I was interviewing somebody and they were talking about, oh, I was interviewing our new salesperson who hopefully will be able to join us on the pod at one point. Um, but I had asked her about like, how, like what management styles have you responded to in the past or like not responded well to? And she had said that a small business owner 
uh, would like text her at like three o'clock in the morning and expect a response. Oh yeah. I mean, I I know you've dealt with that before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, um, I moved to Portland to help like open a new location and my boss called me at 6am and I was like, please don't call me at 6am anymore. Actually, like, can you lead with a text? Also, it wasn't about anything that was an emergency. And literally the next morning I got a call at 6am and I was like, I don't know what you don't understand about this is a boundary. Don't do this. Like, right. But it was like it was like it went right over their heads, like right over it, like in one ear, out the other. But that also that was towards the end of my time there. And like, that's a symptom of a larger problem that was going on. That's not the first time that happened to me or anybody else there. Obviously, you know, no. And and I I know like I've had clients in the past. I mean the the agency that Kaylee and I met at, it was a, a similar situation, you know. We were expected to be on call twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. No. Which for fucking social media management, which like fucking pound sand, kiss my ass, dude. Like there's no and I managed I managed a fucking PR nightmare with one of our accounts on Thanksgiving day of 2017 uh, that this was, I don't know if you remember the coffee shop in Denver that had all the pro gentrification signs that they decided to put out on the sidewalk. Yeah. That was, uh, they weren't one of our accounts, but they belonged to like a network that was one of our accounts. So like, I'm like fucking trying to make my first fucking Turkey at home by myself. I've got 16 people coming over later. Abby and Oh, you were coming over later. Yeah, that's right. You were there. We, we laid out on the sidewalk afterwards because we were so full. like, I don't know why that seemed like the right thing to do, but we did it. It's probably the, uh, wine. the wine told right. us to do that. <laughs> but like, you know, I understand in an emergency, but frankly, there aren't a whole lot of social media emergencies um, just in general. And like when when our salesperson was telling me about this, I was like, oh, God, I, I have ADHD. So as if you couldn't tell by the way that this podcast is going right now and like... <laughs> Like, I will sometimes remember a thing and slack everybody about it at a totally inappropriate time, but it's not meant to be responded to. Yeah. It's meant to just exist yeah. because it needs to be out of my brain, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, thinking about too, like, it's not enough to just be better than really toxic business owners, right? Yeah. And I think that it's really easy for small business owners to sort of rest on their laurels in that way. And to like, I remember there was an exercise that we had to do in one of our classes that involved us writing down, like identifying an employee that worked for us and writing down a performance issue we had with them or like just an issue that we were running into. And Mm -hmm. it either could have been like present or past tense, whatever. But like, name this person, write down the problem and write down how you want to address it with them. Like, like act as though write a script, like you're talking to them Mm -hmm. about the problem and how you want to resolve it. And I wrote down mine and I used, I had, I had luckily like just like kind of solved this problem with somebody. And so I wrote down mine in like the exact way that I, they had the conversation with the person, yeah. right? And then we were required to find our find a partner. And then we had to ex- exchange scripts with them Ooh. and be the employee 
<laughs> and here on our end, like how we sound when we say this, lucky for me, I was paired with somebody. Well, I, I was like, by virtue of nobody ended up being our partner. And so we just ended up like across the room, like, oh, I guess we're left. Uh, and <laughs> like, she and I had like identical styles. Amazing. And which was super nice. But also our styles were like, very like, gentle, like calling in, you know, yeah. like, hey, this is a problem. I want us to do better because I believe in you and I think you're amazing and I want us to work together to solve this as opposed to like what can sometimes happen which is like get your shit together you fucking work for me you know yeah yeah like it's not enough to to not call someone a lazy bitch you have to like you know try to do a little bit better and uh, I think that this program like has helped a lot of peer, a lot of my peers that's definitely helped me kind of like stare our current state in the face and say like where am I potentially toxic or not even toxic but like leaning on like like teetering on the edge of that yeah um but also recognizing that like if you guys had said nothing needed to be improved you're right I would have called you on it because it's bullshit because there will always be something to improve Right. And also, if I were in your position and I asked my organization for that and no one wanted to tell me, I would be like, what am I doing to create a culture where people are scared to tell me right. things? Right. Like, but I don't know how many people would do that, would take that right. next step and be like, am I creating a place where feedback is scary? Yeah. You know? And and how many people would even recognize it versus like, mm -hmm. I guess I'm not doing anything wrong. Everything is great here. Like the amount of times that I've had a company or a manager send me a great place to work survey and tell me how to fill it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Versus like, that's not quite how this goes. Or like the amount of very toxic places that I've worked where – somebody left a really scathing and accurate glass door review. And then as current employees, we were all required to go in and make five-star reviews and have our managers oversee the five-star reviews and submit them. Mm -hmm. Like that's oh, some yeah. fucked up shit, right? Like been there. Yeah. I, I think that that, the, the continuous improvement piece also, like, if you're, if you don't have anything to improve, like, there's a problem because we're humans. And even if we solve all the problems, even if like, like what you and Kaylee brought to me is like, hey, this is, this is shit that's bothering us, or this is shit that we think could be done better. Even if and when we fix all those things, we will have new more. Ones. We will have yeah. new problems, um, which honestly, okay, I'm going to be very real with you here. I was not sure how I was going to segue from this conversation that we've started to the conversation about project management that we wanted to have, but I found it. Yes. Also, I wanted to say, did you notice how you mentioned ADHD? And then I went and had to go to, I, t I was like, oh, I didn't take my meds. And so like, I sneakily took my meds while you were talking. Amazing. 
<laughs> oh God. Okay. We're so good for each other. We're so good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Just like helping each other be better every day. Every be the best day. version of ourselves. <laughs> um no, I said continuous improvement and then I was like, wait a minute. We had our, our whole class yesterday was about operations and processes. Mm. And I told you earlier, like I think it would have been much, much more helpful for me to go through this class like four or five months ago. Yeah. But you really like I I said like hey I feel like we need a process <laughs> like, <laughs> s- like two maybe and you were like on it and you kind of spearheaded the way that that would work and you've been working on our processes and then just like telling me like hey this is what we're gonna do and that has been a total game changer so like I'm going through this class going like yeah I already know this because I'm a project manager who's really good at their job. (laughs) But like, uh, but yeah, that, that concept of continuous improvement, um, I think was, well, it's something that they do, you know, in technology too. Like you iterate, you're constantly iterating. And we do this as small business owners. We do this with our businesses. We are constantly iterating. Somebody asked yesterday, like, should you take a proactive or a reactive approach? Because there are pros and cons to both. And I mean, the answer is both, right? Like you start proactive, but then you consistently react to what's happening. Like you have to do both. Um, But I know that, you know, when I started out eight years ago in May. Now I was just like me, myself and I, and I had no intention of scaling up. And a lot of people, I think when they start to build something like a digital marketing, like a firm or an agency or a consultancy, like we are, uh, I don't think that their first full-time hire is typically a project manager. Right. (laughs) Um, But I'm here to tell you (laughs) It should be. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that, you know, uh, normally Alan is the one uh, taking part in the interviewing portion. But today, Ooh. there are our much maligned, un- much unnecessarily maligned hero uh, of the organization. So uh, I just wanted to talk to you yeah. 30 minutes later <laughs> about... <laughs> about like you know what you've seen because I'm not the only I'm not the only uh person that you've project managed and this isn't the only organization where you've been a project manager so I'm really interested to hear how like your experience here and with those other organizations like what you've seen in terms of when people don't prioritize it and what that looks like and what people run into. So I guess like, let's start with something pretty general and I'll just ask questions. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Like, I mean, you know, my work history is largely working for small businesses and startups um, as, I mean, sometimes it was called operations. Sometimes it was called um, project management, but essentially it is, especially at this level or this size of an organization, it's like kind of a right-hand man. Um, and I think the sticky thing that we've discussed and that I've run into a lot is undervaluing the skill set of a project manager and also conflating it with an assistant. Actually, you brought that up is like people think they need an assistant that they can pay very little to do things like go and get the coffee, but they really need a project manager like 
in fact, these are your exact words. I'm sorry for stealing them. <laughs> I realize I'm quoting no, you. No, no. Like, ideal, ideal. These are Danielle's, uh, these are Danielle's words. Um, but, like, <laughs> but it's true. It's like you actually need a project manager for your business to manage things and run them, right? Because I think people forget that project management is a leadership position. Mm-hmm. You don't want someone in that position that you need to instruct that much. Like, They'll have questions about your expertise or your priorities or your needs. But from there, they should be operating pretty much in a leadership role, you know? Right. Right. No, I think that like, and and our story together is so hilarious anyway, (laughs) because like we, you know, we were friends. We've been friends for for many years. Mm -hmm. And like, I think we were in, because also throughout the course of all of those years that we've been friends, we've gone through periods where we hang out like constantly and it'll be followed by a period where we just don't talk for like six months. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it was one during one of those periods that like you and I were like texting one night about something it would have been at the beginning of 2021 Mm -hmm. and you were saying something about applying for a marketing role and I was like do you have any idea what I do (laughs) and I was like no (laughs) I believe this I believe this discussion was the time that I first forced you into voice notes Because it was that difficult for me to explain what I did. That's uh, that tracks. That That's tracks. hilarious. But actually, I just was like obsessed with voice notes because I'd been on WhatsApp. I had just been in Ireland where everybody uses WhatsApp and the voice note function is like so much better. Anyway, this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. And I also is- don't think that I joined you on voice or on WhatsApp until much, much later than that. So no, you insisted on on iMessage <laughs> Geminiing through <laughs> what <laughs> oh Amazing. god yeah that's but, how I mark this conversation why but yeah go ahead so yeah I was like do you have any idea what it is that I do for a living and then I I you know I explained it and I don't even remember what it was I just remember like I had just just decided to like throw myself into this in scale it was like I don't know, like maybe we could have, you know, if you want to learn how to do marketing, I think that's actually what it was. If you want to learn how to do marketing, why don't you come and work for me? And, you know, I can train you. I can give you like some junior tasks. You can learn as you go, blah, blah, blah. And then I think like throughout the course of, of the next year before you came on full time, it was a lot of like, oh, wait, I have project management capabilities and it looks like Danielle, that's what you actually need. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I mean, I think I was trying to get out of that role because of what I mentioned earlier. It was like, I had, I was finally earning a salary from, from a a company. Um, But they acted as if it was such a privilege for me to receive a salary um, because I was their first salaried employee and it was so close to the poverty line. So it's like I was making real close to the poverty line. And then I was also having to fight to prove that I was worth that to them. Right. Where, but like when you looked at the results and the trajectory of the business after they brought me on, like you could really see that I was valuable. Like it wasn't even hard to put 
two and two together. And I was like, I don't know what I can do for you. And if this is what project management is like, yeah. I'm not interested. I need to be a marketer because I was, I was yeah. also, I, you know, part of project ma- management too. And sometimes what's really slippery in operations and project management is you can be a catch-all. I think mm. personalities that land here um, tend to be pretty agile, but <laughs> I mean, oh like, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, but project management to- joke for those of you out there who didn't know. <laughs> but like really like flexible and capable and able to pivot. Hate, sorry, but able to pivot, able to take on things like uh, people, something would fall through the cracks and I'd be like, well, I don't know how to do an ad campaign like that, but I'll go in and try it, you know? Sure. Um, and that's, that's really easy to, for things to be taken advantage of. Right. Um, and I forgot why I was going there. Do you remember what I said right before that? <laughs> <laughs> this is, a, you, this is your project management. The, the, right. <laughs> <laughs> Brain super well organized. Um, um, no, I, I, you were talking about, uh, working at the previous place where you, I mean, more or less kind of got, uh, shamed for having a salary that you should be more grateful for, but then ended up sort of doing everything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, you know, and that's something too, that I think is, is tough about working with startups and small businesses, right? Is like, there is truth to the fact that you have to wear a lot of hats and you have to be able to do lots of different things. Um, You know, I know that like, small businesses and startups are not really good places for people who want to do one task. For somebody who wants to be able to say like, that's not my job. It's not a great environment for, because like there are all hands on deck sometimes. There just has to be because we, I mean, we're very small, uh, especially in comparison to like some of the, the businesses that are in this organization with me, like we're very small. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know like you've had to take on a lot more than just project management in this role, but I feel like the difference is that people who feel like project managers should essentially be that catch-all versus people who are like, we're going to try to get to this point where you don't have to do this anymore, you know? But you are really kind of a barometer for the organization. Like if you are, not only if you are doing things that aren't really in your job description that you can notice and say, Danielle, like we may need to hire for this because like this is taking a lot of time away and it means that I can't focus on on project management or as somebody who is doing all of our resource planning and managing those projects you can see if like Kaylee is being assigned something that is taking her way too long because it's not inside of her wheelhouse it's not what she was hired to do or if you know we have a junior person that maybe is stronger here than there and would be faster like you're the person responsible for managing that so in terms of understanding like how we need to grow as an organization, you have been like invaluable for for us. And it has been a leadership role. You are the person that tells me like essentially where the problems are, even to the point of like being not just the barometer, but also like a calmer of storms, uh, which I mean, you're literally the liaison between the client and us. And then you're also managing like 
the moods right. of the team to a degree, yeah. right? Or like and among team, among contractors, among employees, like, you know, there are different personalities, even among like like strategists in like I'm generalizing, but like they're different from software engineers, you know? And I think if you threw them in a room together and were like, deal with it, like, and you had no mediator or something like I, why would you think there wouldn't be miscommunications? Um, Right. Like it's, it's like there, it is a little bit of a translation, not just between like client and um, the organization, but also among people in the organization, you have to understand a little bit of everything. Um, And yeah, I think you make a really good point. It's like, if you realize the value of someone like that, it makes you money because you are allocating resources correctly. You are doing the most efficient thing with your time. You have someone watching your dollars and where it's going. Um, and when you undervalue it, you get in trouble. You also don't use your project manager to the full extent that they're capable. Um, sure. So yeah, I think you know, I feel really blessed that you do see my value. It helps me because I don't mind. Something I find fun in my job is being able to be like, well, no one's here to do that. Can I do it? Or like, I love copy editing. I love copywriting. I'm good at it. It's not my job. Yeah. But when you need it and it, it isn't going to take too much sure. from other things, I love to do it. Sure. But if I didn't feel valued by you, I would not want to do it. I wouldn't feel good about it. Yeah. And to be quite honest, because I'm pretty good about work boundaries now, I would say no. I'd be like, that's not that's not my job. Yeah. But because I feel valued and understood, it it enriches my job right. and my life and plays to my strengths, the strengths that led me here in the first place, you know? Well, I like I appreciate that you feel valued. That's that's good to hear. Um, <laughs> not just for the cameras, no. uh, but like no, I mean even love. thinking about <laughs> like even thinking about the fact that like right now, you know, we're recording this on a Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Friday is your day off, and you're here doing this because uh, Tuesday uh, we had a last minute cancellation. Was it Tuesday? Yeah, it was Tuesday wasn't like totally last minute but it was like semi last minute cancellation uh for our guest and then we were gonna do it wednesday and i was sick (laughs) and then we were gonna do it thursday you and kaylee were gonna do it thursday and kaylee's moving across the country a a week before you're moving out of the country and so it was like uh what do we do do we do this on monday do we record three times next week like what do we do and you tossed out like hey i can take a half day on thursday i can i can do this on friday morning so like you also i I mean you you give in that way but i also never want to make you feel like you're expected to do those things right you know like i think that yeah, the value of the people that you have that make your business function cannot be overstated. Mm-hmm. Is everybody replaceable? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, like the people that you have right here with you now, you need to understand how they impact your business. And uh, I think, like you said, like I said, uh, <laughs> the the... the, the <laughs> 
piece about the assistant I find particularly interesting. You know, I've had a lot of small business owners ask me like, hey, do you have an assistant? Or like, do you know where I might be able to find an assistant? And I'm like, I have junior producers who help with a variety of different things because when we hire junior producers, we hire them to essentially come in and and they produce, they produce what we need them to produce. We used to call them junior consultants, but they weren't really consulting. They weren't, or junior strategists. They weren't really strategizing. They were producing, they were doing production work, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which is the the term in the design world that I've just kind of stolen. Um, You know, like I have those people that do some of the tasks that need to get done. I I don't like the idea of tossing somebody busy work. Like these are tasks that need to get done. They are important. It's just that sometimes they're a little tedious. We might not have time for them. And also for somebody who's junior and wants to learn, they're really critical and fundamental to learning. But also like, no, I like I have junior producers and I have... A director of project management and they aren't an assistant like do I ask you to schedule meetings with me yeah but it's because I need you to know my every movement right not for my personal life or to make like but because it it helps the business grow if you can even if you can't be at a meeting if you're able to follow up with me and pin me down and say what are we doing with this like what did this conversation look like how did it go what are our next steps yes sometimes like you're not in those meetings you know i have had two meetings now about our new um our new small business program that we're launching where you weren't a part of those but you know about them because either you scheduled them or we discussed them because if it was up to me, the follow-up might not happen. Not because I don't care, but because I get pulled in a lot of different directions as an owner. So having a project manager, like you are managing the project of like internal growth, even like separating that out as a project. Whereas like an assistant is doing a punch list. Mm-hmm. They're taking care of tasks. And and if you have somebody that's like a really 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 good assistant, like not to undervalue no, assistants at all. because I as you've said, you know, I I feel like they're undervalued as well. But for the kind of assistants that a lot of small businesses can afford, they are there to check off tasks. And they're not necessarily invested in the growth of your organization. And like, I, you know, I know a lot of people who hire like virtual assistants in, you know, other countries like offshoring because it's cheaper. I know Dorothy, one of our fabulous junior producers, uh, does a lot of like contract work as a virtual assistant. Um, Virtualist, Dorothy has helped us in so many ways (laughs) um it has saved our asses in so many ways if i were to call her a virtual assistant instead of a junior producer uh she her value is still obviously there at the same time though i mean she's doing more than typically like a virtual assistant would right um a project manager though is somebody that that is that is focused on not just what is this task and when does it need to be done by, but what is the impact of doing it? Mm-hmm. What, what is the next domino in this? Like 
I know like you have, you have come to me when you have felt, and this is, this was, I know a point of contention for a lot of last year, like Danielle, you're not including me in enough. Right. I don't know what's and going on. And when you on. don't include me. Right. And when you don't include me, I can't do my job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, like you don't take an assistant and put them in front of clients and have them lead meetings. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. have an assistant who comes to you after a meeting and that's and says, I don't know what it was, but the vibe was off. This, this stakeholder <laughs> seems pissed. And, you know, I know we're trying to get you off this client, Danielle, but you need to be there next time. Um, Or, hey, our strategist recommended this. I felt something. I felt like that didn't make sense in the trajectory. Like, I don't know why they're recommending this, which means the client doesn't know why we're recommending this. Like, can you help me understand so then I can communicate? Right. Like, that's a bunch of like, I know it's kind of soft skill. Right. Which, again, undervalued undervalued but like but like if you if we if if a business owner a ceo wants to be taken out of things so that they can work on business development you have to have someone you can trust in their place to communicate that kind of stuff and be able to pick up on it i mean that's that's emotional intelligence i mean it's intelligence intelligence it's observation skills you know so, and, and like, I'm not saying an assistant couldn't do that, but it's, you wouldn't, that's not the same job, right? Like it's right. not the same thing. So. And like, could a business owner be a project manager? Sure. If, if that's what they want to do. Right. Right. Like, right. and if they're going to prioritize that thing, it's not that I, I don't have any kind of like organizational competency, No, but you have greater competency in it and you can focus on it in a way that I know as a business owner, I would sacrifice if like something like, like we were just talking about this in class yesterday. I was talking to a couple of folks about like, like time stacking in a calendar. Like, do you guys like stack your time and like, you know, uh, essentially schedule out blocks for internal tasks. So like, you know, a block an hour on a Monday morning, scheduling out LinkedIn posts for myself for the week. Um, And I said, you know, I've tried it and it's never stuck because everything internal and process related and little tiny itty bitty steps get thrown to the wayside if a client needs something big, if there's a potential scope or a kickoff or or a, like a, an emergency, a fire, all of these things, it all gets cast aside. Mm-hmm. Because like my job, a lot of times is, you know, I know that one of the things that we've talked about like needing to improve is just like the constant like shifting of priorities, which is really just inherent to small businesses uh, in general. Um, but my job is often to shift like with those priorities, right. right? And to, to change that focus, you are the person that keeps us on track instead of having to go in all of these directions, right? Like if I go, Hey, we need to focus on X right now. And then two days later, I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to focus on Y. You're the person that comes to me and says, hold on. We said that we had to focus on X. So now where does that go? Right. What, like, what place does that take? You know, um, even down to like, like, 
you taking a look at my to-do list, when you notice that I haven't done a task that I need to do like three or four days in a row, and you're like, what can we do to either get this complete or to move it off of your calendar to a different day? I would never think to do that. I just keep rescheduling for today. (laughs) (laughs) My overdue tasks. And like you also though, recognize that that can be, that can be damaging. Oh yeah. And I mean, you, you know, I have my degree in psychology and like I, I think that's been really helpful for me is understanding what it does to someone's brain when they check something off of a list or when something is red on their list and it keeps staying red over and over and over again, chances are, and especially I understand neurodivergence. I'm like, if that keeps happening, overwhelm is coming. And then with overwhelm comes freeze and that thing's not getting done. Um, So like having that understanding is so helpful. And, you know, when because you were like you know a small business owner or like a ceo or something could be a project manager if they wanted to as soon as you said that i was like but if they said that as a project manager i would be so suspicious i'd be like sure could could you sure right right because i think that lacks an understanding of what it is right it's like you could schedule linkedin posts for monday morning for yourself but what you don't have is the accountability piece where if you didn't do it, you 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 reprioritize. You did something else. If I had sure. my eye on that, I would be like, "Hey, what's going on with LinkedIn posts for the week?" Right? Sure. That sure. Like, it's a, such a small piece, but it makes the difference between something getting done, That's a huge difference, and something not. And I'm not even mean about it because I also understand. I mean. My project management to-do list is so red right now because I do the same thing everybody sure. does. <laughs> sure. You know? like, right. I get because, it. Yeah. Humans, right? Mm-hmm. No. And I think this was something that somebody brought up in class yesterday too, is like, what hats should a CEO wear? And one of my classmates said that they have a mentor who really likes to be involved in his business. Like in, in an organizational chart, he is like four or five different roles and he loves it. He, he started a business because he wants to be in it every single day. And she was saying, that's not how I am. I started a business because I want to be able to do this one thing. And I want to have other people focus on those things, or I want more freedom and more flexibility. And I'm building this to give myself that. Yeah. Um, and, and it was this conversation of like, can a CEO be a role, you know, like a project manager, like a marketer, things like that. And I think that it is possible, but you also have to understand what you're sacrificing as a result of that. Because if, if as a CEO, I was like, no, I'm going to be my own project manager. There's a lot of CEO shit that I'm sacrificing if I'm going to be a project manager. Yeah. And I, you know, I start thinking about differentials of power too. Like, especially when you brought up market, like say the CEO wants to be the marketer. So their CEO, their head of marketing, I would treat a CEO that's head of marketing different from a CMO who has a CEO, CEO ahead of them. If that, if that makes sense, like it depends on, there's like a bigger power differential in those titles, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was a thought 
that's not a fleshed out thought, but it, it came to mind first thing is like, sure. you're going to treat, Dorothy's going to treat me different from how she treats you. Totally. And if you were me, yeah. what does that, what does, what does that look like? Right. It creates, right. And, and I think also like people don't <laughs> don't, um, Sorry, the disaster has been seen of my kitchen. Uh, yeah, I think people forget power differentials, especially with 100%. privileged identities. I mean, it, including me and my whiteness, right? It's easy to forget that power differentials are working constantly all over the place and what yeah. they do. Um, That's a really interesting and important point that like, I had not thought about you know, as, as the person who would be like the, the, the power imbalance and something like that, I had not thought about like, yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna try and be like one of the bullies, you know, mm-hmm. like on my team, how, how do I, how does that change people's interaction with me? It's a little bit like, you know, and I hesitate to say this because like, I know that, you know, the people who work for me, I, I have a tendency to hire people who I was already like personally friends with. Yeah. Um, but I do know of a lot of people I've, I've had this situation happen myself where I was friends with somebody who was my boss and never knew who I was getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I know you and I, like we, we hashed this out our first like full year together. Yeah. You know, it was like, Friend Danielle and work Danielle, like friend Danielle and boss Danielle, like friend Alan, work Alan, like who are we talking to right, right now? What context are we in? And we made a commitment. I think not, at least for me, it didn't feel like it was for the sake of the business. It felt like it was for the sake of our friendship yeah. Yeah. to delineate those things yeah. and commit to our friendship by, by promising that like, I wasn't going to like pull out a power imbalance card whenever the fuck I wanted to. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Where we thought we were having a conversation with one context and like surprise, it's a fucking different context. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that I've, I've had those experiences. I've had uh, lots of conversations with people who have had those experiences where they thought like, Oh, I thought I was talking to marketer Danielle and apparently CEO Danielle showed up, not like with me personally, but like, you know, with, with whoever their boss was. Um, and that's, that's really interesting and really important. And like I said, I hadn't thought about it, but you're right. I think that, you know, especially we go through this program and like, I feel like it was like session, like one or two, it might've been session three, but somebody told us, you know, if you're the CEO of your business, well, first of all, if you've called yourself the president of your business, give yourself a promotion to CEO because the president focuses on like the the day-to-day operations piece while the CEO is focused on the future. So president is like present state, CEO is like future state and growth, right? Um, But also as a CEO, you need to be working on the business more than you're working in in the business. Mm -hmm. And so can a CEO be project manager? I think that's I think that's a fair challenge, dude. Yeah. I mean, I even think about it too with regard to you know, I I was working through the PMP and like a lot of stuff is leadership skills, which honestly surprised me, but shouldn't have. Um, but I even think about like the way in which you mentioned earlier, like I am often a bridge 
and how like my relationship to you and then my relationship to Kaylee helps that, you know, um, I forgot why I was, there was a good point to this. Um, but you have an ADHD project manager, so (laughs) (laughs) I do think think with all due respect though, like, I think people are surprised, like, wow, someone with ADHD in a like director of project management position, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, Danielle, but like for me, I have had to live my whole life learning how to do this shit for myself so that I could survive in the business world. And all it is, is me doing it for other people. And I think it, it has helped me bring a real level of compassion to where I'm like, I'm really very infrequently irritated when people don't do shit. Cause I'm like, I get it. I'm being annoying just cause it's my job. (laughs) But like, like literally if you need a nap, like, I get it. <laughs> you know. No, I I think I think it is it is silly for anybody to assume that ADHD would make somebody less capable of organizing other people. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I I think like, you know, like I've I've had lots of management roles where I manage, I'm in one right now where I manage people with ADHD, right? And like, that has been a massive help to me, both in organizing people, because I mean, like, on some level, you know, as a people manager, in general, your job is to organize people, right? Like, like, we calendar daddy each other often, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and uh, you do it more than I do it, because, you know, that's, that's a lot of what it is that, that, you you have on your plate as a project manager but also like when you come to me and say look you've given me seven priorities so I need you to tell me what's actually a priority because when you know everything is an emergency nothing is an emergency I think that is a very thorough understanding of your ADHD of my ADHD Mm -hmm. to be able to say that and say like we need to just pick something um, and having that level of understanding, I think is a massive benefit mm-hmm. because it also allows you to understand like, and, and, you know, you, you said this, like have that level of compassion. Like when we're talking about like this new program that we're launching for small business owners, project management is a huge part of it. And, uh, you know, over and over again in, in, uh, meetings with small business owners, this is what I've heard is like, what if I don't have time to do these things? What if, you know, uh, I start a project and then I leave it half-assed or half-finished, like, on the floor with all, like, the, the you know, cemetery of all of my other half-finished pro- projects? Like, a project manager is the solution to that. Somebody that organizes you. And so you want somebody that has a level of compassion. A project manager without that compassion or understanding about somebody's inability to organize themselves or difficulty organizing themselves feels like a DEI leader who only cares about one marginalized group. (laughs) Like, I mean, I feel like, can't you, haven't you been on meetings with PMs when you know they're irritated, but they have their nice voice on 
Do <laughs> <laughs> you know? And like yes. that, that, like I, uh, I mean, we all get irritated, right? But there are some PMs that are just constant. They they run their PMing irritated, <laughs> you know? Right. And like, right. Really, to me, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if you don't do what we said we were going to do what matters is figuring out how we're going to do it. So it's not just like, I assign this thing to you. Here's the reminder. It's like, Hey, I've reminded you twice. Can, can we talk for a second? Like, do we need to break this up into more steps? So it feels more doable. Like what can you do right now that would get you closer to it? Right. It's like a bunch of things. It's like unpacking why something isn't getting done instead of just being like, you're not doing it. Right. You're not doing it. It, you know, or maybe, maybe this isn't that important. Right. Right. And I think like having you and having, um, not just, not just your, your excellent competency at this, but also having an external set of eyes to look at things and go, Danielle, you've said that seven different things are of the utmost importance. They can't all be important mm-hmm. because like I, have a Libra moon. I don't <laughs> obsessed. I like, I don't want to, they're all important. They are. I don't make me Balance. choose. Don't make me choose. Well, like, you like, know, here's the thing. you're in like five, you're like meeting after meeting after meeting, different subject, different client, us, internal, external. And like, I'm sure you're throwing out priorities. In fact, I know this happens. You throw out a priority at each meeting. And then at the end of the right. day, we have too many priorities. And right. that's, that's going to happen because it's not your fucking job. It's not your job. It's mine, you know? Um, And being able to let go of some things too, mm -hmm. like, like having, you know, I, I feel like sometimes that feels really scary. And I don't think that that's unique to small business owners. I feel like, uh, there are a lot of people who have way too many, plates in the air at one time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is symptomatic of capitalism just in general. We are expected to work over 40 hours a week and get everything done. And then we're also supposed to be able to have time with our families. We're supposed to have time to ourselves. We're supposed to have time with our friends. We're supposed to do all of our chores and all of run all of our errands. And like, we're also supposed to be like learning a new skill and like self-care and blah, blah, blah. Like there are too many things to do. And you see women um, talking about this, like, especially like, like mothers talking about this in like parenting books. Like, I don't remember who said it. Was it like Glennon Doyle? Maybe where it was like it, the, the quote, we always do this in a podcast. We, we half know a thing and we go, I think it's this. <laughs> and like, <laughs> we should have to issue frequent corrections, but it's this quote about like, while you're juggling all the balls in the air, you're going to drop one of them. Just make sure the one that you drop isn't glass. Right. Like there are actually priorities. Yes. And we talk about this often that like when everything is an emergency, nothing is an emergency, right? For for team managers who have been wondering about how to better organize their team for small business owners who are looking for an assistant, I think like thinking about this 
in a project management capacity. And either if you've got somebody on your team who exhibits a competency for this, allowing them to to take that and run with it or hiring a project manager is going to help you make sure that the ball that gets dropped isn't glass. Because every time a ball has to drop, I hold my breath and I'm like, I really hope. And and you help me make sure that it was like the bouncy one that will like end up yeah. back in the air again. And then I go, oh, okay, it's, I don't have to carry all this, right? Like it, it's possible for us to just be better organized. Um, but I know that I couldn't do it myself, you know? And I know that like part of the reason that I, I snapped you up as quickly as I did, which still felt like it took forever, was because I was very, very nervous that somebody else was going to hire you before I had a chance to. And I hired you full time before I even brought in another consultant. And we're a fucking consulting firm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but honestly, one of one of the better decisions for our organization too. And because you have been able to, as a project manager, kind of going back to what I was talking about with the assistant piece, you understand the impact of the organization. You have to understand the impact right. of the organization. And so, like like I said, I, I think that the, the general advice I have as a business owner for, you know, small business owners, for team managers, is to really start to seriously consider that project management component recognize that you might not be the best person to do it, that even if you possess the organizational competency, you have other, you have another role to fulfill. You have a power differential to think about. Um, But also that you have to have somebody who is invested in the growth of your organization in managing um, interpersonal uh, issues as well as like client and, and, uh, and internal sorts of, of liaison conversations. Um, because I think what you pointed out too, Alan, like a project manager has to be able to handle lots of different types of personalities mm-hmm. in varying degrees of stress and fire. Yeah. And you can do it poorly. I'm not saying PM will do it perfectly, but I mean, especially if you have someone who's gone through the PMP or who has a ton of experience, they know, they know, and I think I brought this up to you, they know whether to do a one-on-one or a two-on-one meeting. They know whether it's an email or it's a meeting. They know whether it's um, a stakeholder issue or a team issue, like all of these dynamics that are, they are, they're always complex. You want them not to be, but they're complex and have someone in charge of that. In fact, it's kind of like, it's like you, (laughs) you make the balls, you pass me the balls. I juggle the balls. I determine if they're glass. I determine if they're bouncy. And then I juggle them for you accordingly. And like, yeah, unless you love juggling, hire a juggler. (laughs) I don't know how to juggle. So are we going to talk about agile yet? When do we get to do that? I think we do that in a future episode where we, we have somebody who loves agile 
uh, able to defend themselves. Right. I mean, I'd hope to be able to defend itself. I understand. But let it be known that <laughs> that I have feelings about it. Sure. To be continued. I, to be continued. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, the other thing, too, is for um, businesses who are doing scopes, uh, one of, it, kind of going back to the oh, undervaluing yeah. thing, one of the things that gets undervalued so often is PM time yeah, and time on projects. And often when scopes need to have budget cuts uh, in order for a client to accept them, PM hours are one of the first things to go. And that is a mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I've been a part of projects where PM hours got cut and then the client doesn't know why things are so disorganized. And it's because, you know, you don't hire strategists or consultants or subject matter experts to be because they're super organized. You you hire them for their subject matter expertise. Uh, you hire and, and should should each subject matter expert take some responsibility, take more accountability in the role? Absolutely. But my job is my subject matter expertise not figuring out how that fits in with every other person on the team and timelines and deadlines. And like, I have to focus on my work and when my work is getting done um, and take responsibility for that and not figure out how it, how it can fit in anywhere else. So I think that's a really important consideration as well. Um, yeah. Alan, any, any parting thoughts, words of wisdom, advice that you have for, you know, team members, team managers, uh, project managers, small business owners? Yeah. I mean, bouncing off of what you just said is advocate for your PM time. Um, you need them. You need them. That's, that's it. And then that kind of goes into valuing your PM. Now, the caveat is in agile systems, sometimes you're spending exorbitant amounts of time in meetings and with project management hours. Uh, I think you mean ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I can understand why sometimes people are like, why, why? That's the only caveat. But for me, even then, even then advocate for your PMs, advocate for that time, be realistic about what you can and can't do. Um understand it is a skill it's a learned thing um they are a leader in your organization um on your team um yeah higher one i i almost think of it like like every time that you've ever watched uh either like a comedy or a drama about like hospitals and you always have the one doctor who's super cocky and thinks that they can shit on the nurses yes and yeah. everybody goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> you shit on the nurses because the nurses run this place. The nurses keep this place operating. The nurses can make your life hell or they can make it fucking smooth sailing. And like I have made an effort anytime that I've worked for a company to get in real good with the admin folks, with the PMs, because they can make my life amazing <laughs> or they they can ignore it and I'm out on my own. <laughs> so like not just not just advocate, be nice. Be nice. Buy them presents. <gasps> Tell them they're pretty. Yeah. Slide into their DMs. <laughs> Unless you work with them, that's harassment. Don't like... do that. This, I love how this podcast like basically became like, hi, can I recommend myself to you? Like it's like an advertisement. 
for me. <laughs> uh, well, you are now the cornerstone offering uh, that, that we yep. have. Um, to explain that, too, we are launching uh, a new pilot program uh, where we are providing a marketing concierge service to small businesses. We're taking on uh, just five to start our pilot program. And, uh, you know, then we'll have we'll introduce additional cohorts coming up in the fall. But one of the things that we do inside of this marketing concierge service is our small business clients get access to their very own project manager through Allen. Uh, and so uh, and, and like I was alluding to before, when we've had meetings with our uh, our prospects and the folks who will be part of our pilot program, one of the things that like almost like brings them to tears is the idea of having somebody organize them that like they get like all of the fun marketing parts that they know need they need to do but also oh my god somebody's actually going to make sure this shit gets done because i mean i know like shit the cobbler's kids have no shoes we didn't start our own fucking marketing campaigns until like a year ago and we've been in business for 8 years right like like people go to our website and they tell me that they go to our website and i'm like no no no, no don't do that our we website don't. looks terrible it's in process we're redoing it stop like please don't <laughs> uh, but like like so we even deal with it but I mean, it really is. Marketing is often one of those things that, especially for small and mid-sized businesses, is something that that either gets half done by the owner and then like left to die, or like with mid-sized businesses, they might have one person doing like twelve roles, and yeah. so there's no way anything can get completed in the way that it needs to, in the time that it needs to, to actually be impactful. So what happens? One person has to leave 12 things half done. And then the organization goes, marketing does nothing for us. We're never going to allocate any more money towards it because it doesn't do anything for us. But actually it does. It's just that like your people don't have time. You don't have time to see to really, truly invest in what it can do and the impacts and see it through. Um, so honestly, like not only is Owen really, really valuable to our organization in all of the ways that we've mentioned, but is really a cornerstone of our small business offering as well, because they're there to help make the marketing actually impactful. So uh, it's not just about the people who are the consultants, the subject matter experts, the strategists who are doing the the building, the execution, et cetera. It is about somebody on the team who can enable us to do that by organizing us and by getting what we need from the clients as well. So just something to think about if you are a small business owner or know of one who might benefit from something like that. We don't usually use this podcast to to try and generate leads, but you know, fuck it. Fuck it's it. It's just the one time, right? Take it. Just this one. My dog is now ripping apart a brochure. I have no idea what that is, but I'm like, super glad that they did it while I'm on this podcast. They're like, now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. <laughs> it is now. If you are uh, a small business and you are interested in learning more about the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program, it is meant to be like an MBA for your business, but it is completely free to apply. It's free once you're selected. It's like a $50,000 value that you get from a program like this that you will hopefully come out of uh, like us with a growth opportunity and a forecast to really improve not just your revenue, but your profit over the course of the next 12 
months and beyond. Uh, if you are interested in learning more, definitely check us out on LinkedIn, where we will uh, share a little bit more about the program as well. Uh, and you can say that you were referred by us at Broad Digital. They love us. So it'll get you in. For it'll sure. be in your, it'll be in your best interest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining this week. I'm going to go take care of my dog destroying things. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. And happy non-binary awareness day. Tell a non-binary person in your life that you don't have to understand them to love them and ask them what their gender is today. They'll love it. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast brought to you by Broad Digital Consulting. Our podcast is hosted by Danielle Bilbrook, Kaylee Myers, and Alan Connolly, and produced by Margot Gill. You can always learn more about Broad Digital Consulting on our website, broad.digital. That's B-R-O-A-D dot digital. Or you can find us on social media using the handle at Target Snark It. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling so inclined, we'd love for you to review our pod if you like what you're hearing. 